What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado and Arizona beer districts, this is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over one million times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. We've got a very special guest who's going to help me cover Trail of the Month here in a little bit. More on that later. P.O.D., what is on Le Menu for Le Evening? Uh, well, we have a, uh, a a buffet of items tonight. Of surfaces? Yeah, we have some beer from a very good friend of mine. We've got a couple of trail news items, and we are going to feature you doing Trail of the Month. That's very exciting. We have two audio clips, and we have um, we're going to bring back a trail tip which we haven't had in a while. Whoop, whoop. And we have a few other things in store. So sit tight. Very good. Let's talk about that beer of the month first. Dilo, please tell us what we're drinking this evening. Dude, I wish I could. I wish I had some of it in front of me. I have what? no idea. Tonight, you do. You I, don't am know. Drinking, I am drinking Pliny the Elder. Oh, look at you. Because my yeah. local liquor store always stocks this stuff. It's actually yeah, not we, that hard to find nowadays. Yeah, we have one here that stocks yeah. it as well. Yeah, so it's fun. It's good. It's an, it comes in. It's a nice, crisp, mellow IPA coming in at a eight eight point three percent ABV, I believe. Eight point oh, eight point oh. Um, not overly hoppy. Just kind of a nice, quaffable, um, strong IPA. Classic IPA. It's very good. Well, I am oh, drinking. Tell us, tell us about this this thing that you're drinking because I'm very curious about this and yes, I wish I had so some. Actually, one fidget of her Odyssey stopped by. And she brought me all the way from Canada, from Tamarack Jacks, from Alberta, Canada. Um, she brought me some canned hopped mead. Mm. This is the soy. That's not a beer. Well, but it is brewed. It's fermented. <laughs> what's, the, what's the ABV on that? Is it like 12%? It's um, high. I think it's, it's 8%. Oh. No, it's not oh. too high. For this me, is beer of the month, not meat of the month. Yeah. I mean, are we going to talk about cross-country skiing? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Shut it down. So man. she brought <laughs> the um, Sawyer and also the Buzzsaw, which is a traditional mead, and also the Swing Dingle, which is a lemon mead. Is that and safe for, swing, is that family friendly? Like Swing a, what? Dingle, huh? Swing Dingle, yep. These are all some sort of you know lumberjack terms i don't want to say swing dingle in front of my children because they'll start saying it and yeah some other some other adult will hear them say that swing dingle is deserving of its title that was used in the lumberjack lifestyle as the name of a lunch sleigh so a lunch sleigh for what 
launch sleigh or lunch <laughs> lunch sleigh because they're working huh. in the winter and the sleigh comes in with all the lunches oh okay uh, wow that sounds huh. great yeah yeah where's the swing dingle everybody right. drop the axes we we tried all of these um and i think my favorite is the the sawyer the hopped mead i think that was my favorite huh. um we got about 15 cans and we've gone through almost all of them now so i think i can safely say the hopped mead is probably wow with with 15 cans you'd think you might want to put a couple in the mail and send it to me and out of order yeah i'm sorry yeah it just yeah you know so we could distributable this, almost. we could yeah we could participate in this beer of the month well, thing just like in the sure days of old you know triple o was going to be okay with me he i'm clearly he wasn't because he protested oh i would have been um, fine with it and i yeah. know that you're not cool with anything below nine percent so no that's not yeah. true i'm tonight i'm drinking an 8.0 oh okay yeah, yeah. well living dangerously <laughs> i'll send you the empty cans as i normally do you can sniff them oh wow that's, <laughs> that's cold yeah that's pretty cold yeah make sure you send me all your uh spare styrofoam coolers was even in boulder it. last weekend i could have dropped some off i forgot yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of insults swing dingle. a lot of insult tonight <laughs> yeah when's the swing dingle of beer coming to us that's what i want to know Whew. Not sure. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was gone hiking when POD got this mead, so I had nothing to do with it not getting to you two. But he has everything to do with drinking a bunch of it. Yeah, oh, I, I, bet. Yeah. I definitely took part in that. All right, that's it. That's what we got for beer of the month. Okay. What What about uh, Triple O? You sipping? Oh, on I actually, you know, I guess this is a little bit of a revenge for us, dude. Though I am drinking a beer that Disco bought when he was oh. hiking. Oh, prickly pear! <laughs> and How stopped over. Prickly uh, it's pear? a prickly pear wheat ale from Grand huh. Canyon Brewing Company. It's okay. great. It's <laughs> nice and light and tasty. Has a hint of prickly pear in it. Mm. So I guess it's a little revenge since Disco technically got this beer. Uh-huh. But he just left it at your house. He just left it. That's not he, like somebody spitefully chose not to send. No, no. Made, yeah, like, they wouldn't. TSA they wouldn't let me take it on the plane. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Very good. Okay. Well, cool. Well, uh, thanks. Prickly pears are good. They're quite yeah. uh, quaffable. Very yeah. good. <laughs> I'm glad I could participate in this uh, segment of the show that is uh, named after me. That's right. We appreciate uh, all your your hard work, Dilo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. <laughs> Very good. Uh, before we get into trail news, I'd like to issue an apology on behalf of the trail show. In our September show, we had a tone deaf discussion about the term PCT refugee. After the show, many of you reached out through calls and emails to let us know that we failed you in that discussion. We were wrong and we apologize. We should have done better in a number of ways. First, none of us should have defended the use of the term. It's indefensible comparing someone who's had to flee their home and who is struggling to survive in an often hostile world to someone whose vacation was altered by fires is wrong. Second, we should have been more explicit in explaining why it was wrong. Silence in the face of repugnant words or actions is harmful. The oppressed should never have to do the work of ending oppression. Finally, we erred in suggesting that cultural appropriation may be less harmful if a member of the oppressed group finds it funny. But as Tingle explained in a phone call, cultural appropriation is about systemic barriers that lead to disenfranchisement for people of color who want to participate in their own culture and praise for white people who choose to co-opt it. 
The harm is real, no matter if individuals don't care or dismiss it. Thank you, Tingle and Lily, for calling in and to others of you who reached out. You prompted us to think deeper about this conversation and to be reflective of our actions and our words. You asked us to do better and we will. We are committed to making the outdoors an inclusive space by making the trail show an inclusive platform, one where all are welcome and feel safe, where tone deafness is not accepted, where we own our mistakes, learn and grow from them. All right, POD, if you had a couple of news items, we can get into it whenever yeah, you're ready. I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. The biggest piece of news is that Nimble Will Nomad has become the oldest person to through hike the AT at 83. Now, we know that Grandma Gatewood was older than that, but we also know she's a fraud. So, oh my God. Um, and, Meredith, why, and why was she a fraud? I don't know. That's what Max said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's a fraud. <laughs> she's a fraud. <laughs> Meredith yes. Sunny Eberhart, better known as the Nimble Will Nomad. Um, finished his hike on Sunday, November 7th, and he did a flip-flop. He also started at Flag Mountain in Alabama, and he did the Benton Mackay Trail first, and then did the AT. He started at Springer, and then at some point he did a flip-flop, and he just finished November 7th, and um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it was on, uh, it was on, NP I heard it on NPR. I saw it in my morning New York Times, a uh, little quick you know synopsis article thing that i get every day with all the headlines someone said that uh they did something about it on snl that's crazy yeah so. and he's got to be the only hiker it's kind of oh, cool God. i saw a video from the the guy who had previously set the oldest hiker record congratulating him like they were together these two guys, they both have like gigantic oh, wow. gray beards and their hand like <laughs> like it's like it was a really sweet kind of thing to have the you know, handing like this kind of legacy over. It was it was fun. That's awesome. Well, and the other guy was what, 82 when he did it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think his name yeah. is Graybeard or something. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. original. <laughs> hey, don't judge people's trail uh, names. But that guy also, I think, is the oldest guy to paddle the Mississippi River. Ah, from right. Nimble See, Will. Wow. So Nimble Will has to catch up from get get a paddle. <laughs> hey man, this isn't a kayaking <laughs> podcast, so we, we can't really uh sorry. Shut it um, down. Hiking. Shut it down. Nothing but hiking. My <laughs> other piece of trail news is that a missing hiker on Mount Albert had gone missing. Someone reported them because they didn't return on time and it was snowing and SARS started calling their cell phone so that they could locate them and the hiker didn't answer because they didn't recognize the number. They're like, I'm stranded. I need help. I'm not taking the spam phone call right now. Just not doing it. Not doing I don't it. need an extended <laughs> warranty. I don't know what to do. Right. Put me in touch with somebody. Help. I'll buy the extended warranty. Can you get me out of here? <laughs> so just, just to clarify, 
SAR is an acronym for search and rescue for those yeah, who don't know. So you're saying that search and rescue had his phone number, was calling his phone number, and he wouldn't answer the phone because he thought it was a spam. Yes. And I don't know if this is a he. It doesn't say. But yes. It's they, probably a he. I mean, they, let's just let's They, just, they say. just kept referring to this person as the subject. So okay. um <laughs> A hiker failed to answer multiple phone calls from SAR search and rescue. And so they began searching for him on Mount Albert or searching for this person on Mount Albert and Mount Albert has several trails. So um, they were not able to locate the subject and it was snowing. So any tracks were filling in, but uh, they did find the subject turned up unharmed at their place of lodging the following morning. And this person apparently wait a minute what so they never got rescued they hiked through the night rescued (laughs) and got back to their car maybe they didn't need a rescue yeah the person well someone someone called on their behalf like this person was supposed to be back probably at like you know nightfall and then at 8 p.m whoever family member friend whoever was on their safety email was like hey it's dark this person didn't come back because albert is a you know that's a day hike usually yeah um, and better to better to alert the authorities quickly than of course wait I mean, a night cold. in the snow yeah, with exactly. someone who doesn't have any expo any gear for it yeah so oh that's when they started calling this person the subject and D- they did can, not a- answer Dilo, so. can, you, can you get the subject on the next trail show for an interview <laughs> perhaps okay Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah so just they, just call them. Just call them. I'm sure they'll pick up. <laughs> they did hike through the night. Yeah, just call them. <laughs> oh man! Oh, make sure you use an 808 phone number, 800 phone number. So, is there a lesson to be learned from that? You know, I I think if you're lost, I think you answer all calls. If yeah, you're lost you, and it's dark and it's snowing, you pick, you take any call because any person could be help and then even if they're not help you just be like hey i'm stuck in the woods can you help me and they'll be like no i'm sorry um no we we can't do that right now if you don't want to buy the extended warranty i have to go and you'd be like no help me and then that person could be like you know they could go through life like when they realized that you died and they were the last person you talked to, they could go through life with a bunch of guilt, which is pretty cool, right? Like you've like guilted somebody into like feeling horrible about your death and they didn't even know you. And they were just like trying to sell you a car warranty and you were stuck, you know, that's, that's a great <laughs> ending too, you know? What's interesting to me is that this person clearly had cell phone service. Yeah. And, and didn't call <laughs> got all these calls and didn't call themselves. I mean, they were hiking through the night in the snow Maybe they thought they could get out. Maybe they thought they could get out. They're like, dude, uh, it's cold. Yeah, they probably probably felt safe. Yeah. There's there's more to this story than what we're being told. And we need to have the subject on next month's show to to sort this out. Okay. Just saying. D'Lo, please get on that. We'd appreciate that. D'Lo's yelling at his kids. There's some parenting going on. It's a rare moment. All right. D'Lo, were you parenting? just then yeah the boys are putting halloween candy in a heating vent to see which one melts the best and oh that's great I, you should get out some graph paper record the data 
it's just going to make a mess though and we're going away in a couple days and other people are coming into our house and we can't have like piles of melting chocolate yeah especially yeah. when you have kids it, it could be suspect because yeah else. yeah they're like oh they didn't clean up the poo in the corner what kind of child poops in the corner next to the dad's desk you know <laughs> <laughs> what well, that's a good question what kind yeah. of child does poo in the corner i know a child who feels resen- resentful <laughs> towards their parent you know who's ignoring them because they're working too much or something so they're just gonna poop in the corner it's a psychological thing okay it happens. yeah yeah it happens yeah <laughs> all right um, that's it is iron mike in the waiting room no not yet who Back. is iron mike and why is why is he here gonna be here tonight to talk about the muggy on rim so iron mike I- tyson Iron Mike Unger hiked mm-hmm. the Muggy on Rim Trail the same time I was there, but he was going the opposite direction. Oh, okay. And he did you had run into a him? much I I I actually did not, but I ran into his wife. <laughs> also okay. another oh, she was su- supporting him or something. She was but but Mike had a, a very different experience as a eastbound hiker than I did as a westbound hiker. And it's a very important point that we need to get across about this trail of the month. Is that out of order? Yes. Well, there was typing. That was me. So I don't know if you remember meeting in 2007 at the start of the PCT. No. Oh, that's I was amazing. There and you had your Boy Scout kit. <laughs> your little straw hat with the out of order button. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. My wife was dropping me off. I had hiked the previous year, but I, I had nothing better to do. So I was getting back on. So anyway, and then that's awesome. And then you gave me your tracks for the CDT. It's Hopefully nice. they were helpful and they, somewhat accurate. <laughs> you know, I only got lost once a day. <laughs> no, it was, it was great. So it was, it's nice to uh, connect with you again. Yeah, nice to see you again. Yeah. That's great. All right, folks, now for our trail of the month. This is a, a trail that you all have been clamoring for for a, a while now. And um, so back in October, I ran away from my life and I hopped on a plane to Arizona and I went out to hike the Muggion Rim Trail. It's a 500 mile trail that goes from the New Mexico border west towards Sedona and finishes uh, near the town of Cottonwood. And it follows generally the geographic feature known as the Muggy on Rim. Now, am I pronouncing that word correctly? Eh, Probably not. But from what I've been able to figure out, there's five different correct pronunciations of the term Muggy on. So if your grandfather's uncle's cousin grew up in Sholo and he says, Muggion, that's fine. But I'm going to say Muggion because that's how I saw some Forest Service people on YouTube say it. So say it, say it however you want. So Muggion Rim Trail, 500 miles. Um, I was promised that this would be a more mellow version of the Grand Enchantment Trail, <clears throat> which for me was anything but. It was not more mellow at all. And I think part of that was due to me not taking the advice of one Brett Tucker, who said you should hike this trail eastbound from Cottonwood to the New Mexico border. Instead, me and my buddy Skittles decided, nah, we're going to hike it westbound. 
because we want to do the higher elevation stuff earlier in the hike so that it won't be that cold when we're doing the higher elevation stuff. And that strategy completely flopped. So we had the coldest weather of the whole trip in early October um, in like the first week of the hike. We had a night time low of 18 degrees followed by a nighttime low of 20 degrees um, we had a day where the temperature never got out of the 30s and that's the high temperature Damn. so our our whole strategy of of going westbound the the wrong way quote unquote uh did not work did not work and luckily we have iron mike unger here on the line tonight because iron mike went the correct direction Iron Mike went from Cottonwood to the New Mexico border. And trail show historians might remember Iron Mike way back from trail show episode number 63, September of 2017. Mike was, uh, he was hiking the Colorado Trail and just randomly was staying at our house the night we recorded that show and we had him on. Mike, how the heck are you doing, man? Doing great. It's, it's so I'm honored to be back on the show. Cool. It's only been four years. Right. <laughs> That's a good spacing. Yeah. You know, I mean, every four years is probably yeah. enough. I mean, you know, otherwise snorkel would get jealous if you're on more than that. So Mike, just out of curiosity, why did you decide to hike the correct direction? Well, one is um, because Brett Tucker recommended it that way. Yep. And, uh, and it was just convenient. So I, you know, it was, I drove down with my wife, Naomi, who unfortunately couldn't hike, but she, she sort of hung around and supported me from time to time along the way. And so it's just a convenient place to start. But, uh, but you were right. I mean, incredible weather. I was expecting sort of warm, dry weather and had horrendous thunderstorms. At one point, they had the snow plows out on Interstate 17 because the hail was so thick. When I what over seven, it was it was crazy. Naomi was meeting me there at Interstate 17. When I get there, all these trucks and cars are pulled over, and there's just it looks like a snowstorm. And they had snow plows because three inches of hail dropped. Whoa, that's oh a lot God. of hail. Yeah, wow. and cars were spun out. And fortunately, it missed me. I, I could see the storm, so it was incredible weather. So it was great for water, but I mean, I. As you know, Disco, uh, there was snow. Um, yes. You know, I, uh, I I was post-holing, you know, up to my, you know, not too deep, but there was at least six inches of fresh snow in the high country. Yeah. Um, the weather was was a bit crazier than expected. It's interesting because I had read Buck 30. I'd read his trail journal. Of course, he's hiked this trail. He's hiked every trail. And he hiked the trail in the springtime, which I think is when most people hike the MRT. And he had rain, which is also a bit uncommon. So I'm convinced that maybe this trail is just in some sort of um, Arizona Bermuda Triangle. And the, the weather, I mean, it is the muggy on a rim, we should say. It is a, a rock escarpment that is many hundred miles long, basically from the New Mexico border, up way actually past uh, northwest of Cottonwood. It continues on. And it separates kind of the Colorado Plateau, Northern Arizona, the Ponderosa Pine Forest from Southern Arizona, where you have more of the cactus and the 
Oh, all the things that you think about when you think about Arizona, the Saguaros, the Ocotillos, prickly pears, those sort of things. So it's, it's kind of that dividing line between high elevation and low elevation. So I guess it's actually no surprise that maybe the weather would be a little dicey. And I think would that's- Would you say that the weather outside was frightful? Yeah, it was. But the it was frightful. is so delightful. And, and I'm going to give my first trail tip um, something that I learned the morning that it was 18 degrees. So, oh, trail tip. I needed a, I needed to, to pee real bad that morning, and I didn't have a pee bottle. And um, it was 18 degrees, and I, I, I wasn't getting out of my tent till the sun hit my tent. That was the, that was the rule. And so, what I learned is that a brand new Ziploc, not an off brand, not a used but a brand new Ziploc will do double duty as a pee bottle in a pinch. So try oh, that at your own risk. That is high risk. It that is super high risk. Dangerous. Especially, so, especially when you're dealing with like, you know, 900 filled down, expensive down sleeping quilt. But anyway. But yeah. I will say that for the she hikers, a brand new Ziploc is less risky than a pee bottle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But but you would but you would have to right. You'd have to get out of your sleeping bag and squat. Yeah. So the whole point was not to get out of the sleeping bag. <laughs> I'm double bagging that at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm I'm putting a lot of TP in it so you don't get too much splash back or spill back. Oh, <laughs> oh. A pro tip. That's, That's a years of experience there. Yeah. Wow. Idea. So. Uh, let me just I, I want to tell I want to compare first days on the trail with Mike. So my first day on the trail involved and, and keep in mind, I started at the New Mexico border heading west. My mm -hmm. first day on the trail in, involved <clears throat> very quickly involved cross country. Um, it involved an unresearched bypass route that ended up getting cliffed out and then having to do some class three um to get around the section we were cliffed out on in addition to going through an amazing canyon um, called little blue box that was almost waist deep in spots until we got to an abandoned cabin where we camped for the evening and we barely got there before dark that sounds like an awesome first day yeah, that was your first, you know, my, yeah. my, my first day was, was very similar so it started off in Cottonwood. I had breakfast at one of the best breakfast places I've ever had called Crema. So if you're ever in the area, oh. then um, right in town, you can walk from downtown to the Lime Kiln, Kiln Trail. So uh, let me take a step back. I had to do an alternative route for section one because the Sycamore Wilderness, which sounds beautiful, was closed because of uh, fire earlier oh, in the fire. year and they were concerned either fire was out but they were concerned about um flooding and trail erosion uh, and because of the storms that had been passing through i wasn't i wasn't going to push that so i worked with brett to come up with an alternative route so i took the lime kiln trail basically from cottonwood to sedona so it was a it was a rugged 16 miles that took about three hours on really oh. well-graded, well-made trail. And so after that hearty breakfast, I was at a brewery by, say, 
<laughs> two in the afternoon. So yeah, oh, I, I, man. we had similar days. Um, and, and I'll just, while, while I'm mentioning it, so day two, we hiked 12 hours and only got 12, 12 miles. And that is all we were able to manage on day two. Wow. How yeah. was your day two, Mike? <laughs> so anyone who's hiked around Sedona knows they've got an incredible trail system. Yeah. And I basically um, just hike from the far west end of the trail on their beautiful trail system, 10 and a half miles to the far east end at the um, where I went back to a brewery that evening. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying, man. I, okay, so so I think the lesson here is that if you're thinking about hiking the MRT, you might want to consider doing it the correct way, which is to start in Cottonwood and head east. Yeah, yeah. Now that is on the alternative route. That um, right. I mean, the official route is a 50 mile section, but it's still a, a pretty nice start to a trail because they're all good trails. And, you know, 50, 50 miles is a good, you know, uh, distance to kind of get your trail legs, you know, get back into a town. The, tr the trail goes straight through or very close to um, Sedona that, you know, it's two miles off trail. Um, so it's, it's not a hard start. It's a good, it's a good way to start. I should just say like brief overview, the, the trail's broken up into seven sections. So Mike is talking about sections one and two, which basically go, goes from Cottonwood to Sedona to Pine. Pine, Arizona is an AZT trail town. So people that have hiked the AZT will be familiar with that. So I was able to hike sections three through seven in reverse order. And I actually got off the trail at Pine because I've been dealing with Achilles tendonitis for 17 days of the 23 days I was out there. And, and um, I wasn't able to shake it. And also. I'm old now. And you also, you miss but, me. Oh, uh, I miss POD. That's why I got <laughs> off trail. It's true. I, I only had like seven, eight days to go. And I just, I was so homesick and miss POD so bad. I just called it. But that's, not true. I, that's I, what I, he told me at the, yeah. that's all he talked about I, when, when we picked him up. So triple O, triple O drove from the greater Phoenix area to snag me in Payson which, um, yeah. by the way, we, uh, Mike, I'm curious if this was your experience, but a number of towns that were on the trail, we weren't actually able to stay there because either all of the lodging was booked up or the lodging was too expensive. Case in point for me was pine. When we got to pine, the cheapest thing we could find was like 200 bucks a night. So we hitched into Ooh. Payson to stay at the motel six for just a mere $120 a night. 120 for a motel six Dang. that's right <laughs> brutal i think it's because it's so close to phoenix that if you're anywhere near a weekend i mean yeah naomi and i spent uh, a night in flagstaff and the first night at this hotel was like 80 bucks a nice place and i was actually wanting to take a trail zero because flagstaff's one of my favorite trail towns on a friday and so i just went to re-up the room and this is in you know, right around October 1st. So it's not high season. Yeah. And it was 240 bucks. For oh the my annual. God. And I, I checked and the motel six was going to be 140 or something. 
And so I didn't take a, a zero and just got back on trail. But uh, yeah, I think anywhere in that sort of Phoenix environs, uh, it can get very expensive. That's why you should just go stay at Triple O's house. Yeah. Forget about hiking. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> send me an email. So I actually flew, I actually flew one way from Denver to Tucson when I started the trail for 90 bucks. And then when I flew home from Phoenix to Denver, it was $85. So it was actually a, a fair amount cheaper to fly on a plane than to stay in the Motel 6 in Payson, Arizona. I, I kept well, trying to say, you just need the blue sponge, man. You don't need a hotel room. You just need true. the blue sponge and a, and a faucet on the side of a building and the blue sponge. There is something else that Disco needs, though, that he can't get from the blue sponge. So he called me one Friday night and was like, oh, we hitched into this town and we made it just after the post office closed, just by happenstance, you know, how things go. And it turns out the post office doesn't open until Monday. So they had to take two zero days and Friday night. And I basically heard that they watched three college football games on Friday, four on Saturday, and five NFL football games on Sunday. So I'm starting to wonder if this was maybe a planned accidentally missing the post office. Like maybe they took like a, a Delo style break, like one mile from the road just to miss that so, I, I wouldn't do that i would i would not have missed the post office no no, no. i know you wouldn't yeah. do that i'm just saying dealer uh, style break not that you would yeah. do that but yeah yeah i do take breaks like that but i don't i, I would have been very adamant about the post office thing <laughs> so first of all pod your math is wrong that math adds up to 12 games and we actually only watched 11 okay oh, okay um you were you were in the ballpark though and b we were actually not planning to get to that town until saturday but we were running a bit early although not early enough because see that's where the delo style breaks really could have come in yeah. and saved you hundreds of dollars and and many hours of <laughs> high school football game watching did you say you're watching high school football yeah i don't know why you would watch high school football it's yeah. just it's just weird but <laughs> it, it was all yeah. Um, yeah. high school football games yeah, it was it was phenomenal yeah uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I would have probably lost my mind. Well, and I would have I would have stayed in the woods with the blue sponge bathed and rolled into town at the, a leisurely pace and met Mike at the brewery. That's probably what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> met Mike at the brewery because it sounds like Mike you found a lot of the breweries on this hike. I I did, though I will yeah. say that once you get beyond Flagstaff, there are uh, not a lot of great options. Oh. Uh, Mike, I'm curious uh, to hear from you, since you had a slightly different experience. What was your favorite section? So I would actually say my, I love section three that goes basically from Pine um, and it follows the AZT for 16 miles and then carries on on the High Line um, National Recreation Trail for 56 miles. And then at the very end climbs up to the Mogollon Rim. And I'll tell you, just that national, the Highline Re National Recreation Trail would be a great two or three day hike. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. really nice. And it's a little overgrown, but it wasn't too bad. And I saw nobody except for some southbound AZTers when I was on that first section. And uh, it, I, I liked it a lot. 
I like section section two, which unfortunately disco didn't get to do, was really beautiful. But it was I, I would I would argue that it was probably as physically challenging as section six and seven. Wow. Was, I'm actually glad because you had hinted to me at that. And I was trying to make a decision like, do I continue on into section two with Achilles tendonitis? Maybe it won't get worse. And then after after like getting some beta from you on on the difficulty of section two, I was like, yeah, if I go into section two, things are probably going to get much worse. So I'm going to I'm going to call it right now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you drop into some really deep canyons. You've got to tra traverse the wet beaver wilderness. And uh, I'm sorry, what? The wet, the wet <laughs> that's what it's called, huh? Wet deeper. Yeah, deeper. and you you <laughs> actually you wet actually cross. Deeper. Yeah. You, <laughs> Do you say wet not, deeper? There's less of a dry deeper. beaver wilderness. Oh no, wet <laughs> right. beaver. I thought you said wet deeper, but it's wet beaver. Yeah, I heard yeah, you talking about wet beaver. beaver. Yeah. 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 Do I need to whack the tubes? No. <laughs> Okay. No, it's all legitimate. This is all super legitimate. Yeah. So there's there's not great camping, and you have to ford the the Beaver Creek at what's called the crack of the wet beaver. <laughs> oh man, it's a vigorous climb oh, out. Uh, <laughs> you got to leave at the crack of the say, wet beaver. <laughs> would you say that after leaving the crack of the wet beaver, you were a bit spent? <laughs> Wow. What do you what do you say okay. you say to this that's not gonna just go real downhill, even more downhill, even like more fast? Twelve right now, and I'm enjoying yeah, it. Does. That. Yeah. Wow, um, um, that meat is anyway. good. Um, okay, uh, so muggy on rim trail. Um, yeah, you know, I would submit that section six and seven were the most adventurous. For me um i don't necessarily know that's a good thing coming off the couch to, i think to it was be... good i think you needed to get out of well, your work head a little bit and so i think it I, helped you i did and the other thing i'll mention here and, and i don't think mike suffered from this same issue is that uh, both skittles and i had at&t um sales service and if you're in rural new mexico or rural arizona at&t doesn't it doesn't work so I actually had no cell service at all for the first 14 days I was on trail. And I don't know that I've never not had cell service for 14 days in a row since cell phones became a thing. But actually, it was really good for my brain mm -hmm. to not have cell service, to not have the temptation. Like I did get Wi-Fi twice during that time, briefly. But I didn't even have so much as like one bar. Like there was just, it was just nothing. It was like, Dilo, it was like hiking the PCT in 2003. Two. Yeah. 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 Two? Yeah. yeah. Would have been with like the, that. With, man. The, with the AMFM Walkman. <laughs> with, with the pocket with mail. Headphones, with headphones. With the pocket mail. With the pocket mail. Yeah. 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 No, that reminds me on a side note of the time that Dilo and I drove to the Songrace together from Crested Butte. And I had the Subaru. And at some point, there's no radio anymore. And I just turned it off. And he was like, um, uh, what's going on with the radio? And I was like, well, you, you can't get anything out here. And he's like, so we're just going to like ride with no music? 
like you, you know what's interesting pod is actually i do a lot of driving nowadays with no music like i'm oh. i'm actually kind of i'm kind of fine with it um it's that's nice. you know yeah it's sometimes quiet. you just kind of want to just quiet and pay yes. attention to what you're doing and you know and it's fine and then oh, you know you then you get into music tubes, man we're talking okay. about radio stations oh, i thought we were talking about the 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 magian rim trail here what happened yes, disconnecting that, that's yeah. great mike what else can you tell us about the magian well, i mean kind of the thing that i think folks that are considering this this route need to know that it's it's not like a a standard national scenic trail that's pretty well maintained. So a lot of it is on trail, but these trails haven't been maintained for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, the, the best was in, in all seriousness, I was climbing out of the, from, from the Beaver Creek to the very top and I'm on an official trail. And at the top, it's basically had a, a post that said trail will be hard to follow. And it sure was, <laughs> I mean, there was, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's might as well be cross country. Occasionally there were stone cairns, but because I think it rained so much in the, in the fall, the grass was very tall and it felt like you were bushwhacking. And it was a little disconcerting because I knew I was in rattlesnake country and I couldn't see my feet oh, yeah. walking through. And I would also go through, especially in section two, literally miles of beautiful yellow flowers that I found out were ragweed that mm -hmm. basically turned my legs and shoes bright yellow oh, wow. and just walking through this stuff. And so fortunately I wasn't allergic, but it, it's just, it's one of those trails that is not where you can put your headphones in and just cruise. You've got to always be no. aware. Um, and that's why I loved it. I mean, I saw hardly anybody. Um, I saw a couple of weekend yep. backpackers. I saw some day hikers around Sedona. I saw a few hunters, but not very many. And as Disco was saying, that there's not a whole lot of cell phone reception, especially on the East End. And it's it's super remote. And that that to me was was the appeal. Yeah. Did you wear gators? You know, I didn't, but I should have because it's also prickly. There's a lot of overgrown stuff. So anyone who's hiked the Grand Enchantment Trail knows that you need long pants because your legs will just get ripped apart. Great. And I yep. definitely wore long pants. Um, and the other thing, I, I don't know, for folks who've hiked the AZT, I found it really hard on my feet. It's super rocky. Yes. And this is a super <laughs> rocky trail. I mean, the bottoms of my feet would just yes. hurt. So I did something different yes. wearing the shoes I normally wear. I bought these Moabs for the first time, the Merrill Moabs that are really kind of heavy duty. And they weren't as pleasant to walk in than my normal trail runners, but man, I'm glad I had them just to, for the rocks. So my, my feet did much better than they might have. Can we, uh, can we ask you guys a couple of basic questions about the Magyong Rim? Sure. Like how, how many miles long is this trail? Come on, man. I already said 500. I said it right. 500 miles. Is there water? Is there water? There was lots of water this year because they had a really good monsoon season. Yeah. So, I heard you talk. Oh, you wanted to say more about water? Go ahead. No. I mean, the one thing that Brett Tucker is really a genius about is when developing his routes is really identifying water sources. And uh -huh. this is another one. There is section three. I, I think, I don't know how you're experience was disco had some long carries that you it did 20 mile plus carries potentially yeah yeah but overall it wasn't bad there's a lot of cow tanks you have to drink from but mm -hmm. anyone who hiked in the southwest is used to that 
I did see some really gnarly pictures of water. Yeah. On the social media from Disco's hike. Do you want to talk about that, Mike? Was there some very questionable water that you drank that you just kind of had to drink? Well, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that's going to clog your Sawyer filter. If that's Uh what you use. Um, What if if you're a dip and sip guy? Man, you you better have a hearty, (laughs) hearty constitution. Well, you know, Skittles, Skittles is a dip and sip guy and Skittles actually chose to carry extra water so that he didn't have to dip and sip out of those earthen tanks. Oh, really? Yeah, we actually pulled some water from an earthen tank and I swear it straight, it looked like Yoohoo. You remember the chocolate oh beverage? It, like mm-hmm. it, it was that cloudy and like dark. It, it looked like Gross. Yoohoo. And I didn't want to filter it because as Mike alluded to, like I knew it was going to clog my filter immediately. Like I, so instead we, we walked long ways with water from faucets as, as it turned out. Uh Yeah. What what were the water carries like? What, what were the distances if you were going to filter instead of, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know for me, like the section, section four, um, which I think is the section between Sholo and Forest Lakes had some long, well, it had a bunch of earthen tanks with chocolate milk or it had like, you know, routinely like 20 mile water carries, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's, that's my recollection as well. Yeah. So well, you need a, a capacity of a gallon. You got to carry a gallon of water. Type yeah, of roughly. I mean, yeah. four, I, I had a four liter capacity and I, I maxed out a couple times. There was probably one of those times that I actually needed a little more capacity, but I didn't have it. So you do what you got to well, do. Well, it sounds like it wasn't that hot. So it wasn't. It wasn't that hot <laughs> at all. Do. And that was that was probably the saving grace because otherwise it might have needed like a six plus liter capacity. Ooh. Yeah, I, I I carried a six liter capacity. I didn't need it, but I mean, if if I was recommending this trail to someone next year, I would I would say you know have the potential to carry six liters. Yeah. Wow. Do you think it'd be more in the spring or do you think there'd be more water sources in the spring? Well, based on based on the, the water notes that Brett put together, um, there's typically more water in the spring because he, he often had a note saying, hey, it's a what Brett did, which is really helpful, is he basically rated the sources one, two and three. Three minute. It's an awesome source. It'll always be there. One is pretty, you know, pretty iffy. And so quite often he'd say, hey, it's a one in the fall, but it's a two to three in the spring. So I, I got the sense that spring, a normal spring, if they get if they get what rains should should be a little better. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also in regards to water real quick, too, in the spring, yeah. there's a section that um, I, I'd love to hear Mike's opinion on because it, it's in section six. It's called the Black River Canyon. And mm-hmm. in the spring. I didn't read a whole lot about this trail before I started hiking it. Also not recommended. But when when it talks about the Black River area, it mentions like, oh, you might want to have inflatable pool toys to help you swim. <laughs> and I was like, we got there. The day we got there, it never got out of 30 degree um, <laughs> high temp. And the, the next morning was 20. So we decided there is a bypass route that goes oh, was, around you gonna say you canyon. Well, here's the thing. There's like 20 to 30 fords of the Black River. Oh, and we yeah. just, we thought, you know, with it being below freezing when we would have to ford the river, probably oh not God, a great yeah. idea. But our good friend here, Iron Mike, actually 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started the fords of that river when it was like in the upper 20s. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't quite that traumatic, but I mean, I, I had heard from you, Disco, and I arrived at that river. The weather was was warmer. It was not, you know, the highs were probably in the 50s okay. when I was there. Okay. So it was it was better. And Brett did have a note that, hey, in the, in the spring, this can be super difficult fords. Basically, he said, you know, after you do the first ford, you'll get a sense of how deep the water is. I did the first ford and it was above my knees. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I'm feeling good. It's early in the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for this. I had the time. The big mistake I made, first of all, is I, I didn't pay close enough attention to the map. And I started, I thought I, saw, I found a little use trail on the side of the creek I was on or the river, thinking that was the official route. And after about an hour and a half of horrible bushwhacking, climbing over deadfall and through uh, bushes, I finally look and realize I'm supposed to be on the opposite side of the river and up on a bluff where it was pretty easy walking. So that's sort of a, a lesson for future hikers. You got to pay super close attention. You might think you're following the trail and you're not. So I, I wasted several hours doing that and I, camped that night only about a third of the way through this 30 ford you know 10 12 mile long uh, section and the next morning it was 26 degrees and my first ford was upper thigh oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and oh my it, god and i i carry a little temperature sensor on my shoe so I know exactly oh, what the temperatures are on your wow. shoe. Yeah, it connects to my watch. Okay, I, I, I'm sort of a, I, I like it's a, it's a gadget. It's a gadget. It's a gadget. I like okay. and it's like a gadget oriented show. So I thought I'd bring it up. Uh -huh. Of course. So it was, it was super interesting because I'd go in the water and the temperature would 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 go from 26 degrees up to 42 because that was the temperature of the water. So I know exactly oh. how cold the water was. And I basically had between knee and upper thigh fords for about four to five hours How really oh my god did you get really cold i was cold but you know the <laughs> key is anyone who's had to ford like sierra uh yeah release in, in the spring knows that you just the key is you don't stop you just have to keep moving because if you stop you just freeze up and so wow, oh my god but my biggest concern was not losing my shoes or slipping on the rocks. I, I'm paranoid because I almost have lost shoes in mud before. Yeah. So. Well, hmm. also when your legs and feet are that cold, you start to lose a little bit of the sensation of like, you know, yeah. is my shoe still on? I yeah. can't tell. Can we let's transition this conversation now to uh, the food situation? Because I heard talk of post offices and I heard talk of yep. zero cell service, which means you're kind of way out there. So did you have to rely on mail drops for a, a large portion of your resupply on this trail? Or were there grocery stores where you could buy somewhat wholesome food to kind of, for, you know, yeah. carry for the next couple of days? So, so typical carries between towns are 60 to 80 miles. There is a longer carry of like 90 to 100 miles. A lot of the towns on the Muggy on Rim are very small. Mm. And 
I chose to do a lot of mail drops with the exception mm -hmm. of Shello. Shello is a, is a Shello pine top are that, that's basically one big town and it's big. There's Walmart, there's grocery stores, there's all the things, but outside of Shello and, you know, pine and AZT Town, it has a decent enough grocery store. And then of course, Sedona, big town, you can get anything you want, but it's, it's really like those interior towns between Pine and Sholo and then from Sholo to the New Mexico border where if you're not picky at all and you have like a really garbage trail diet like our good friend Buck 30 um <clears throat> uh no disrespect you could you could make do you could do it yeah but it would be it would be grim I mean we're you'd talking be eating like, Kansas SpaghettiOs you'd be eating yeah. trash yeah, yeah candy candy and and slim jims and, and little debbies and kansas spaghettios and donuts yeah. and stuff just not food so no not real good grocery stores no no uh -huh. so mail drops were, mail were drops. A thing. yeah yeah for you as well mike so i had i had naomi help support me so i it's not fair i had okay i had so, a pretty pretty deluxe uh, <laughs> My so she would roll right in and <laughs> she would roll in and, and have like your food that you packed back home exactly. and for the next I, three days. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with Disco that I mean, basically if I were to, and I probably will do it again with Naomi in the next year or two. Um, I'd say it's 50 50 mail drops and carry. I, I hate yeah. mail drops, but you've got mm -hmm. a mail drop to about half the half the yeah. spot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Brett did put together a really nice town guide that explains. Yeah. What, that might be a good segue into resources. So Brett Tucker um, invent, invented this route. And if you just type in muggy on rim trail, Brett Tucker, you're going to get straight to his website, but you can buy a map set from him. And the map set has um, a town guide. It's got like a data book. It's got uh, map sets. You can view map sets. You can print. It's got stuff that you can use with Gaia. It's got stuff with that you can use with Avenza. Um, I printed paper maps and I also use Gaia and Avenza just to kind of, you know, test them both out. Uh, but I would just say, like, as Mike said, a lot, a lot of this trail is overgrown. A lot of this trail uh, doesn't particularly exist anymore. This isn't this isn't a trail. You're just going to show up and start walking and it's going to be butterflies and rainbows. This is a little this is not a mellow trail. So and it's not even a trail for portions of it so just don't don't buy a map set and expect to to get out there and do 30 miles a day it, it's not that kind of trail yeah you know the, the one last thing i would and I, I talked to brett about this afterward if you do do it the direction that i did starting in cottonwood and going eastbound finishing near alma new mexico anyone's been in alma there's there's not much there. there's a little market you're about an hour and a half north of silver city uh, and it could be a tough hitch um, if you don't have someone to pick you up. But what would a really cool thing to do would be to then connect to the Grand Enchantment Trail, which goes through Alma, head down to the Gila Cliff Dwellings, where you could pick up the CDT and walk straight into Silver City. Yeah. Um, and it would probably add four or five days, but it's a, it would be an awesome stretch. And then you'd have much easier logistics to, you know, finish. Yeah. And you'd get to hike through the Gila wilderness. And yeah. And go over. you could do the West Fork of the Gila, which you don't do on the CDT. And it's awesome. And you'd hike over Muggy on Baldy, which is the high point of the Grand Enchantment Trail. Yep. Um, 
yeah, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities if you just continue on. Also, while we're talking about it, um, so it's interesting, this Mogollon Rim Trail. So it connects to the Arizona Trail. And the Arizona Trail connects to the Grand Enchantment Trail. And the Grand Enchantment Trail connects back to the Mogollon Rim Trail. So essentially, there is a triangle. And I'm, I'm calling this the Brett Muto Triangle. Okay. Oh. Uh, and the triangle is about roughly 900 miles. You could do the Brett Muto Triangle as its own through loop, through hike, through loop. And I guess it wouldn't be a loop per se. It'd be a triangle, but it would, you could start in one spot and finish 900 miles later in that same spot. If you wanted a, a quick 900 mile jaunt, you got like quick 900 mile jaunt. Has anybody ever used the term Brett Muta before? <laughs> no, curiosity? no, I'm convinced that um, I came up with that. Oh, actually, wow. actually, right, right where the, the MRT joins the AZT at that bridge, uh, Mike, um, on the on the Highline Trail, where where the Highline Trail becomes the Arizona yes. Trail, that's where I came up with the term. I was inspired by that beautiful. I think it's is that Sycamore Creek right there. I can't remember uh, the name of that creek, but it's no, it's not Sycamore. It's something else. Anyway, I was inspired. I don't know why, but yeah, the Brett Muta Triangle. Think about I like it. it. Uh, I really there. like it because I tell you, Northern Arizona is so beautiful. Oh, it is. You go head back down there and hike. It's, it's worth it. Well, very good. I think uh, we're going to have to call it good right there. Um, and we would encourage people, if you're curious, go, go. There's some trail journals out there. Um, Buck 30 has one for a spring hike. Um, I'm sure there's one for a fall hike out there somewhere. Just just Google Muggy on Rim Trail, Brett Tucker. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get the web page. And um, it's quite the adventure. Wouldn't you say, Mike? Oh, yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> and by the way, man, I awesome. me and Mike did not intersect because that's the way the muggy on rim oh, trail wow. goes. I only ran into one other MRT hiker that was heading um, eastbound. Did did you run into any MRT hikers at all? No, none. <laughs> no, I heard there was someone out there because there was a box in Greer. I heard, but uh, no, yeah. never never met the person. Wow. Crazy. There it is. All right, folks. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight and, and sharing your, your version of the hike. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it like you next time. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. All right. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Night, Mike. See you, Mike. Bye. All right, folks. And we're going to have to take a break when we come back. We've got um, all kind of fun things. We've got a couple audio clips we're going to play. And um, who knows, maybe some more mead. Don't go anywhere. My name is Dio. Lorenzo and I don't listen to it trail so all right folks we're back we got a couple audio clips this month we got one from stamps and one from skittles we'll start with stamps what up trail show this is stamps calling from arguably the most scenic beautiful long distance trail in the United States maybe even the world the Buckeye Trail and I know you guys 
given it some flack over the years, but I feel like the trail almost fits each and every one of you perfectly. There's there's certain things about the trail. For, exi uh, for example, it's like the longest loop trail in the United States, and I know POD's big on those loop trails. Disco, I've counted over 26 breweries along the trail, which, you know, huge factor there. Delo, you know, there is some roadwalks, no doubt, but with those roadwalks, you get a really good view of some landscape yards. So, I mean, bring a notebook and take some notes on these on these yards that you'll be passing. And then Triple O, uh, Florida Boy, you know, you got that river rat, you know, part of you. There's there's some floatable sections on this trail that you could you can aquablaze some some good bit of this if you're creative. So I think that's intriguing, intriguing for you. And then, you know, other guests of the So Salty, I think she's from Ohio. And another really good part about this trail is to connect with, with family and friends around the state. So, you know, don't hate on it too much. I feel like, I feel like it's got some potential. Wow. You know, we've never featured the Ohio Trail. Or I'm sorry, the Buckeye Trail is Trail of the Month. And mm -hmm. I know some people have through-hiked it. Um, maybe maybe we'll put that on the on the short list. Yeah, let's put it on the list. I, I wonder yeah. if we could have uh, Buck Buck Thirty. Um, it's Buck Forty. Buck Forty, talk to us about um, the Buckeye trail. trail. Yeah, the Buckeye Trail. I wonder if he's it's, you know done that. Probably not. It but. seems it seems logical that someone named Buck Thirty would hike the Buckeye Trail. Yeah. Right? Plus, he does a lot of hiking in like the Midwest. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. Seems like a thing. Seems like it's like his, his second home outside San Diego. All right. We got another audio missive from Skittles, who was just on the MRT with me and is getting ready to do a 5,000 mile hike. <laughs> hey, Trail Show Nation. This is Skittles, the uh, hiker with the second worst diet on the trail after buck 30 according to uh popular polls from the trail show uh, i'm out hiking on the gandy dancer trail right now in 30 degree weather as i get ready for the snowbird route which i'll be starting on tuesday really down there in 80 degree weather with 80 percent humidity in key west and the snowbird route is a 5,000 mile route that i've just kind of put together and i'll be hiking for the next 10 months i'm going from the southernmost landmark buoy in Key West to the northernmost landmark buoy in Angle Inlet, Minnesota. It starts out following kind of the eastern continental trail and goes through Florida and the Alabama Roadwalk up in Hody, the bit in Mackay to the Smokies and kind of cuts across Tennessee via the Scott Tab Awards Tennessee Connector up through the Sheltui Trace Trail and then a short little connector up in Ohio to connect up with the North Country Trail and be following that through Michigan and Wisconsin and northern Minnesota to about Tower, Minnesota. And from there, I don't have the route completely dialed in yet, but have some phone calls into some of the snowmobile clubs out there to figure out if there's any of those trails that are walkable or I'll just be walking roads. But from there, I'll go to the Canadian border near War Road, Minnesota, cut across a little bit of Canada to get up to Angle Inlet, which is kind of like Point Roberts out in Washington. It's to get to it, you have to go through Canada. It's not connected to the rest of the U.S. And other than in the winter when they have a nice road across Lake of the Woods, but then I'll be finishing up there at Angle Inlet, Bluey, probably next September. Um, be about 10 months and 5,000 miles. I'm not a 
huge mile day hiker 20 miles a day is a good day for me so i'll be out there for a while wandering around thought i'd call and let the trail show know what i was up to maybe be calling in with some more interesting stories of gators and pitbulls and whatnot and the hunters in florida <laughs> as i make my way north i will hopefully remember to call in and give you an update next month talk to you later skittles awesome it's by the way, Tuesday is, is two days from now. He's flying from Minnesota to Florida tomorrow. And then he starts walking. And he's flying into Key West. So then he starts walking from the southernmost buoy. And yeah, hmm. 10 months oh. later. Yeah, he's planning to go to northernmost buoy, which um, Angle Inlet, most people don't know about Angle Inlet. It's yeah, like I don't this, know what that was. It's this little piece of the U.S. that's actually inside Canada. Is that right, Triple O? It is. You got, you want to hear a really interesting oh, story? Our angle uh, it, inlet. Is, is that in Minnesota or Wisconsin? So yeah. It exists because back when the U.S. and I think I guess the British made a treaty, they were like, "Well, you can follow this like old fur trading route to Lake of the Woods, and then from there to the northwest point of Lake of the Woods, and then from there you go west to the Mississippi River." But when they made this treaty they thought the mississippi river kept going somewhere like in western canada but it actually stops in minnesota the maps weren't good enough oh so they God. they had to redo the treaty so now they just go to the northwest point of lake of the woods and then go straight down to the 49th parallel and then across to make the rest of the border so that's why it has a weird thing and it cuts off a little piece of land on the other side of the lake that is not connected by land to the u.s so we have uh, we have these placemats, these plastic placemats that we bought at the hardware store with maps of the United States on them that yeah. we look at over dinner. We eat on them, and I always notice that little spit of land on that lake. Just in like it's not Michigan, right? It's Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, so it's like that little spit of land. You could see the border just going straight up, and that spit of land that comes out, and you're like, that's a little bit of the United States. It's kind of way up there, north of that parallel that forms the rest of the border there what's the it's a very like a chimney yeah yeah and triple what's the deal like across the border there you actually like call the customs people on a, yeah, on a random a, telephone there's a phone line when you drive back into the u.s part of the in angle inlet um from canada and you have to call in and basically say who you are and give them your passport number and i think they they usually are just like yeah go ahead or they might be like, well, stay there for a minute. We're going to send someone out to look at you. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty, it's a little loose, a little looser than, you know, <laughs> Juarez. And <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds like it. And, and Triple O, wow. you, you know so much about Angle Inlet because you started one of your yeah. grand kayak adventures from that yeah. spot, right? Yeah, exactly. It was the kayak trip was going from it's kind of the opposite direction, but going from the Northwest angle down to Key West. And then I ended up going back. So, so you're but, basically doing the same thing Skittles is doing, but you did it by boat in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Well, and I tried to convince Skittles to, to, to switch to canoe when he gets to Minnesota, because it's really how they travel up there. But I don't think I've convinced him. He, he said if i do a, a canoe trip at the end disco won't let me play any more audio clips so 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I hope we're going to try to get Skittles to call in each month and give us an update where he's at. And by the way, so the Alabama, as I found out and didn't know, the Alabama Roadwalk actually goes right through Montgomery, where my dad lives. So I'm going to try to go down, visit my dad and do some uh, vehicle support stuff for Skits as he's walking roads through Alabama. I probably won't join him. Uh, <laughs> Not a fan of walking roads, especially not in Alabama. Just not my cup of tea. But just I would get be yourself happy some nice sneakers, man. Road shoes. Yeah, get yourself some road shoes, man. Get out there, you know. Get an orange vest. Get some road shoes. It's pleasant. All right, man. maybe maybe I should knock it till I've tried it. Don't knock it till you try it, man. Get yourself some road shoes, an orange vest. Maybe a Bluetooth Put- speaker. Put one earbud in one ear and listen out for the cars coming out in the other ear, you know? All right. All yeah. right. See, see how it goes. I wouldn't do it, but I would recommend that you do it. Okay. Yeah. Work on your southern accent a little. Yeah, yeah. I know it comes back when you yeah, go back see, down there. Yeah, it it'll, back, right? it'll be right back in yeah. a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, should we do trip reports or or should we do some trail tips or or what should we do? What do you guys want to do next? Let's do a trip. Let's do trip reports. One minute each. Okay. Now, now triple O. I have um just so just so you know, D-Lo and POD, mm. I have instructed triple O to start playing music at the thirty second mark um, to 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 play us out like like they would on an award show. So like mm-hmm. you know how if you've been talking too long. The music starts to come in and then it gets louder and louder and louder. So I've instructed Triple O to begin playing the play play them out music at the 30 second mark of our one minute trip report. So Dilo, I, I hope you're prepared for that. Um, okay. It's gonna make this segment. A I can be quick. Answer. I haven't gone on any big trips that that are worth talking about. I've done many but, a short, many a short trip. Now, now here here's the other thing I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. If you think you're gonna be really quick and you've announced this as such. Triple O might actually start the music at maybe the 10 or 15 second mark. So you might want to keep those cards close to the vest in the future. But anyway, for tonight, we'll see how it goes. Do you want to start? Um, can it, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, don't get nervous, man. This is just trip reports. Man. I know. I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm actually very concerned about what I'm about to say. <clears throat> All right. So on Friday, I worked a half day and I took the afternoon off and I drove in my car about an hour down to the town of Evergreen. And I haven't been in Evergreen since before I had children. So like 11 years ago, 10 years ago, it's been a long time since I've been Evergreen. And I went for a mountain bike ride. It's not a hike, but I was on trails. And I climbed up to the top of a mountain. <laughs> and it was cold up on top of that mountain. That mountain was at 8,400 feet. Evergreen Mountain is the name of that mountain that I rode up to the top of. And it took me an hour and a half to get up to the top of Evergreen Mountain. And it took me 45 minutes to get back down. And I was wearing a long sleeve shirt and long socks. <laughs> and at the bottom, Back in shorts and a t-shirt. So sorry, and it was great. And, and I was <laughs> back like home. Go the- Five hours later, my ride was done, and I was back at work. And that's my trip report. Very good. POD, how about you? Um, yes. 
I went and did some scrambling in the flat irons with Twinkle. Yeah. And I did a big rappel. I don't know, 100 feet or so, 75 feet. Did you go down the devil's thumb? No, I went up the third, rappelled down, then up the second, then climbed down, then the spy and flat iron at. Sounds like a lot of flat irons. <laughs> it was great. That's it? That's all you got, Peody? Yep. Wow. Triplo didn't even get to play the music. <laughs> That really bothers me. All right, Triplo, you're next. <laughs> and by the way, Triplo, do you get to play your own self out if you start talking? Yeah, yeah I'll definitely. If I talk too long, I'll definitely play the music. <laughs> um, I haven't done much of anything. I've done some more exploring, running around the trail systems of uh, Phoenix, South Mountain. We went up the flat iron of Superstition Wilderness which is, you know, I wanted to be like I was in Boulder. So I was like, I'll go up a flat iron. Nice. But that was about it. That was about it. Not bad. It's, it's been lovely weather here. That mm. was going to be a follow-up question. What is the weather like right now? Yeah, 80s in the day, 60s at night. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. Sounds like Salida summer. Reaping the rewards of those 100-degree days. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So what, my, 115 degree days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you all have already heard my trip report. We just covered it on trail of the month. So that's all I've got. Nice. Damn. That was quick. All right. Well very done. good. Well, well done. done. So I want to mention um, for our wild card segment, good friend of the trail show. Arno has just started a new podcast called the new wave coffee podcast. Arno works for Bellwether Coffee out of, out of California, and I downloaded uh, the first five episodes, and this thing is so well-produced and well-done. It's incredible. It sounds like something you'd, you'd hear on like an NPR podcast. Like, it's phenomenal. So if you're into coffee, and, and it, here's the other thing I would say, like, you don't need to be a coffee snob to get this podcast. Matter of fact, it's very approachable, even to someone who enjoys coffee like myself, but does not know the intricacies and the ins and outs of coffee. Um, really cool podcast. And along those same lines, I also want to mention episode 40 of the Out and Back podcast. Um, this episode is called Backcountry Coffee with the Pros. And our, our good friend and trail show eighth chair, Liz Snorkel Thomas, was prominently featured on this episode along with... Um, some other folks, including Alan Dixon, who I didn't realize is a coffee connoisseur to the utmost degree. And he gave some very specific and interesting advice on how to make backcountry coffee that's almost as good as, as barista coffee. Really? Um, interesting. Yes. So check out that episode of the Outback Podcast, number 40. And check out um, Arno's new podcast, New Wave Coffee. Very good. Moving right along. Um, Should we do our donors? We could do donors or mailbag. Your choice. Do some donors. Uh, Bernard Wolf. Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Craig Peace Go Gully. What a guy. Trevor Smoking Get Out of the Bowl. Sean Weedman. Jeffrey, oh, oh, wow. Diane, 
Stein. David Bull, boss as big as your donor's list. Oh. Biddy, Justin Knowles. Ingrid Gerard. Pat the Bouncer Dixer, Dixon. Hey. Back on a trail. The Weekend, hey. Stephen the Hustler Russell. Started Ammon Friday. the Brute Bruce, Renee Shira Patrick. Brute Shira. Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. He needs Kevin, his haggis. Pick P Cross and Sasha Honeydude Codette. Dead. Tebow not Tillian not Tim Williams. <laughs> Tebow saves. Uh, meat P. The Meat Popsicle. Joseph Pecoraro. Pecoraro. Lost Balls Love Lady. The. Mira the Switchblady and Brian the Big McNamara. Patty Sisu Matascala. Hey, oh, Bill Felipe Gilbert. Dave the Geode Hale. Steve, Stephen Robin Hood, Tony Sheboygan Bruin Pitts, Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant, Eric Adequate Johnson, Die Die Bama Die Bama Die Die Bama Thompson. Isn't that just Dan? Just Dan Thompson? No, that's a different person. Different guy. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Water Swank. Rich Lemuel Glasgow knows a thing or two about coffee. Yes. Mark the Nuclear Farmer Homer, Sarah Farmer. Compass Haynes, Eric Roberson, <laughs> Daniel Fundip Sharp, Kill Bill Cottrell, Bob DMT Trombley, The Death Molecule, Yukon Caboose Bass, Matt Frantum, Tim the Hooch Hoochins, Paul True Love, Jacob the Iron Triangle, Deutsch, Curtis Ware, the, the Tyler the Kerminator, Kerminade, Kermariade, Whatever. Ray Fitch. <laughs> Marvin Maverick Kastler. Maverick. Go Arizona something. I don't know what they're. Wildcats. Wildcats. <laughs> Andrew Paget. Paget. Pat Pipkin. Better wait. And newest monthly donor is Leocri. Oh, very okay. Yes. Leocri is Welcome also back. in the process of making mead, which he does every year. We may or may not get some. I probably won't get any. No, yeah, you won't. I, I feel like I'm. <laughs> yeah, out, out of order. You and I ain't getting any. It's fine. No. It's cool. It's whatever. This whole beer of the month thing is really just a saliva beer thing. It's just, yeah, let it go. Yeah. I'm gonna go over it. I'm gonna review. Okay. It's fine. You had your chance, and month after month after month, you complained about the packaging. So we removed that burden from you, and now you don't have to deal with it anymore. I don't care about the packaging. You oh, that is. Here. We need to rewind to some early shows and see if that is what Delo said. Well, that's because you're like really compulsive about sending me an excessive amount of packaging because you it want wasn't to spite me. me. No, it was it from wasn't you. From no, me. no. Yes. The last time no. there was packaging involved, you made sure that there was oh, an sure. excessive right. amount of styrofoam right. packaging. You guys are both right. Neither of you should get the beer. Just send it to me. It's fine. I'll handle it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <and> you, <laughs> I think, I, I think yeah. I'll take care of it. Right. No. No. You just drink it all. This whole Mike DiLorenzo's <laughs> Beer of the Month thing is a shame. It's a sham. It's rigged. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. What were, what were you saying? I don't even know. Mailbag. Trail tip of the, are we doing mailbag or trail tip? I thought you already did your trail tip. Uh, oh, I've got I've got like three this month. Mm, I mentioned one, one I mentioned some advice. 
I mentioned some advice during the trail of the month segment that wasn't the official trail tip segment. Oh, okay. What's the official trail tip? Well, I need to cue up the music first. We haven't heard the trail tip music in a long time, have we, Dila? No, we haven't heard anything because you dub it in after the fact and stress <laughs> out about how long this all takes. Well, you to we have it heard it because we all listen <laughs> to the show afterwards. Yeah, I don't do that. Yep. Oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> I was waiting for the Dilo scream at the end. Yeah. I, 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 out of wow. You weren't ready. No. Oh my God, what just happened? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go to an old show and find the Dilo scream and dub uh-huh. that in. Do you want to try a third time? Yeah, let's go one more time for the kids. Oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> this is reminiscent of the early trail show days where yep, you, you had is. to finally get your soundtrack back. Fool yep. me once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool you once, shame on Triple O and D-Lo. I don't know how that goes. Okay. All right, what's your trail tip? couple of trail tips uh number one as i talked about um the ziploc so that was sort of a tip but, but um so skittles came up with a good um trail tip for 18 degree mornings and when your shoes are frozen if you have an isobutane stove he would take his shoes his completely frozen shoes and hold them about a foot above the flame um, and he says make sure you mind the shoelaces but you can thaw out your shoes uh, by holding them above your isobutane stove. This Just saying. Like that trail tip's not from me. It's actually Skittles, from Skittles. Come on. So You the, can use heat to thaw your shoes. Whoa. Never hey, thought of that before. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, my second trail tip is um, if you enjoy bean dip with Fritos and you you get that, that can of bean dip and then you finish it and then you realize that you don't have a bottle to mix um, electrolyte drinks in, you can actually mix your electrolyte drinks in the bean dip can and just know that there'll be like floaties of bean dip in your yeah. electrolyte drink, but it works. It serves two purposes. Uh, and finally, last but not least, if you've never tried a Kate's Real Food Bar, the cherry and almond flavor, you should probably go get one of those right now. I'd never tried one before. I don't know how I missed those, but uh, I ate more than a few on the muggy on rim trail and they were quite delicious that's it that's all i've got hmm. nice how man <laughs> there it is let's take our last break we'll come back we've got one mailbag item and we've got one or maybe two ask a hiker questions we don't know This is Reed. And let's go. 
We're walking on a section on the Southern New Mexico CDT. We are not listening to the trail show, especially not while we're taking photographs of historical garbage for POD. Trail show is back. POD, did we have um, any mailbags items this was, week? Uh, I thought that was out of orders department. Out of order. Do we have any mailbag items this month? I thought that was out of orders department. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, hey, hey, tra the trail show from Moby in New Orleans. I hope this finds you all well. This is going to be a mixed bag and a little heavy. You can share all or some of it as you like. I've been estranged from my family for over a decade on account of mental health issues my parents refused to address for years. Because of that, I learned in April this year, 2021, that my dad passed away two months earlier in February. I'm writing this on November 13th, 2021. It does suck to find out one of your parents died two months ago. There's a lot to unpack there, but that's not what I'm writing about. I just wanted to let you all know that listening to you all makes me happy. All the feels and much love, Moby. Wow, Moby, thank you for the letter, man. And back at you. Um, I think if I remember correctly, Moby is a fellow Clemson grad like myself. Much love to you, man. I, I hope you're yeah. doing okay. And um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad that we can give you some enjoyment. I know this uh, has probably been a difficult time. So much love and feels back to you, brother. Any other mailbag items? No other mailbag items. Thin mailbag this month. Maybe the the mail person didn't have a hurt shoulder uh, after she delivered all those. Did we get any ask a hiker questions, Bilo? No. Very good. Actually, we have one. What? Okay. We have one. One ask a hiker question. Ask a hiker with Bilo starts now. Question number one. Hiya! Keep up the great work. Would love your secret side sleeper recommendation for pads. And also, now that I've heard all the published podcasts, how do I find one through 30? S. Go Techies. And that letter was from Steve Smoot. Two questions in there. A lot to unpack. Very heavy question. Would love your secret side sleeper recommendation for pads. Okay, so, so don't talk to me because I sleep on Z rests. Yeah. So I'm so not. Steve I'm not Smoot, your guy. I'm not your guy. I've had. I've been keeping the secret for three or four years, and I've actually had people email me on the side because I've mentioned that I have a sleeping pad that I don't want to mention that I like a whole bunch because I'm a side sleeper and it's not made by the Thermarest company. I'll just tell you that. Um, I'm not going to recommend it or say it because there are so many bad reviews and durability issues with this pad that I feel like if I said the name of it, I would get a whole bunch of hate mail from here on out. However, what I will say is that I still love that pad and I still use it quite often. Although I wasn't confident enough to take it with me on the muggy on rim trail because of said durability issues. So I'm just going to leave it right there. Dilo, I think you're most qualified to speak on his second question. Um, hey, I can tell you what pad I use. Yeah, tell us. Why don't we just talk about sleeping pads for a little bit? Because like, okay. 
Okay. It's a good, it's a good topic and, and it's, it can be a heated topic. Yep. And, you know, when you're, when you talk about backpacking versus car camping and, and comfort levels and things like that, you would like to maintain, especially as you get up there in the years, a particular level of comfort when you're sleeping on the ground. And you might not be able to achieve that with your classic foldable Z-Rest, you know, or maybe you do and you don't really care. Um, so I'm curious what, what other people have to say, Pewty. Well, I, I have done some car camping last summer and I use the same thing for car camping as I do for tent camping mm -hmm. because I'm lazy and I don't care. I don't and and what is that? I have a Sea to Summit. Mm -hmm. Right, Disco? Is that inflatable? Yep. Yes, Disco bought it for me for okay. Christmas, I think. It's a, it's a woman's version and it's got the waffle pattern. which Yeah, I it has the waffle pattern. It's great for side sleepers. It's warm. Oh. I love it. And the, the, the feel of it, there's something about the, the feel of it that I mm. like a lot. Feels and I will, I, will, I will say that I tried that sleeping pad. I was trying a bunch of sleeping pads this year to find the perfect sleeping pad to take on the MRT with me. And um, my good friend Aaron here in Salida gave me a tip about the Exped Sinmat HLM. The M stands for mummy. That was the one I took with me on the MRT. That is my go-to backpacking sleeping pad, mainly because it comes in at 12.9 ounces, which is pretty damn good for a sleeping pad, but mostly because the baffles are in the correct direction, which is the same direction that your body lies while it's on the pad, okay? So this is the X-PED? Yes, the SIN. The, not, the the, not the Mega Mat. Nope, it's the Xped Sinmat HLM. Highly recommend it. Huh. What about what about you? What do you have? What do you, what do you have? Um I, I think I have a one of the Thermarest Neo Airs. And I also have a um climate something or other. Oh, I've been curious about those. Yeah, yeah, this it's a little bit cheaper and it's a little heavier, but it's a it's a it's it's a really good pad. Um hmm. I also got a I have a double pad from Climate that is nice. I, I highly recommend a double pad if you like camping with your partner. Cause then you don't have the Grand Canyon between you every time you go don't to you sleep. Like wake up every time they move. Some people are in love, P.O.D. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so like, you've been in a lot. Oh <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this out with my old school. I just sleep on a zero. Okay. Wait, you're done. I thought you, you no, didn't. I you... asked him a question. Like, don't oh. wake up when they move. I thought you asked him. He said he was in love. And now I thought that was a beautiful answer. I Can think you, you do. I think you yeah. might a little, but I feel like you wake up anyway when you're you're sleeping right next to someone in a two-person yeah. tent. You're, you're basically touching them. It's like I'm in um, love. I want to be next to her. Come on, just <laughs> let it. POD, just can't you just accept that? No. Why do you people. have to be I so aggro? Uh, aggro about that? I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I just sleep on a Z rest foldable, whether I'm backpacking or car camping, and I don't sleep all that great, but I sleep. And I roll over and I feel like even if I was on the fanciest inflatable pad, I would still have to roll over every hour and move from one side of my body to the other side of my body or to my back. Cause that's what I do. And that's how I sleep. And I, it is I, think, 
I think you do that when you're not hiking a lot, because I think when you're or not hiking, but camping, I think when you camp a lot, you know, just like when you're through hiking, you, you start to get used to it. Mm. You know what I mean? And you start to sleep better. And... Mm -hmm. I did a lot of camping this summer and that's just how I sleep. I, I do. I do love that the Z-Rest is essentially indestructible. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. Yeah. You're not concerned all the time. And it serves it serves the dual purpose of providing some support in your frameless backpack, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. or at least Ray Jardine used to say it was cool. Skittles was using something like the Z-Rest on the MRT. And, you know, he would literally, when it was time to camp, he'd he'd lay that thing down and he'd be on it in like 15 seconds. And yeah already starting his chillax and and i would be like fumbling around with blowing uh, yeah and like five frankly, minutes. in arizona inflatable pads can be a little dangerous mm -hmm. because of all of the things with thorns triple o you can probably vouch for that yeah so, yeah. yeah you're paranoid all the time with an inflatable oh yeah you got the, you got the tent you got your ground cover and it, they're all just very thin permeable pieces of it, pieces of plastic or cloth you know or you know synthetic fibers whatever and it's not just it's like not an inessential piece of gear you lose your sleeping pad on a cold night you could be in either a really bad night or even a dangerous situation yeah, depending yeah. On how cold it is. yeah. reliability is is definitely something one should be concerned you know taking into consideration when they're purchasing this gear all right was there a second part of steve smooth's question uh, uh yeah, yeah how do you find one through 30 you got to listen to him on the website because yeah. why, why? Because I don't know. We can't include them all in the RSS feed, which is the podcast. That's just how it works. We, I think we did for a while, but now maybe they disappeared. I don't know. Yeah, we, maybe we'll. I'll look we did back for a while. That. I don't yeah, know. I think it's just a setting. I think it's just a setting in the configs there in the WordPress that says publish everything or publish the most recent 100. But if you really want to listen to them, you can go to the website. You can listen, stream them from there. It's fine. You could click on right click on the link and download the MP3 and then have it forever. And if you do that, I, I encourage you to go listen to episode one. No, the first three episodes you should they no, shouldn't even go be listen on to there. episode. No, go listen to episode one, man. See how it all began. <laughs> I listen. I don't listen to the trail show, but I do listen to episode one yeah. every month. Yeah, usually every month. That's <laughs> true. But like right before I do this podcast, I listen to episode one to remind me why I'm doing it again. <laughs> Maybe I need to do that. All right, folks, this is the part of the show where the show ends. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Iron Mike for helping me out with the discussion of the Muggy on Rim Trail. Big thanks goes to Fidget and her Odyssey for tonight's mead. Delicious Yummy. and nutritious. And thanks goes to all our great monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a limited edition Mud Falcon sticker and the Trail Show koozie right now by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show or by clicking the PayPal button at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at Trail Show on Twitter. You can find us on Insta and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you download your favorite shows. Now the trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in December for our Jack Frost Jubilee that is guaranteed <laughs> to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. And Christmas in the cup. Until then, I'd like to leave you with a poem from Robert Frost. I shall be telling this with a sigh.
somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. For POD, DLO, Triple O, and Iron Mike, I am Disco. Ciao. And for Robert Frost. And for Robert Frost. Let's not forget Robert Frost, everybody. Yeah, he was a... Are, are we yeah. delivering the Mud Falcon stickers in the traditional way or by mail? Uh, and I, what, what I, do the Mud Falcon stickers look like? Throne? Where are they? Exactly. Are they? They're, we have. They look like a mud falcon. Did you, Did you have one, one handy? Yeah, hold yeah. on a second. I got one. I'm we curious need to what send these are. Some to Dilo. I bet Dilo's kids. You know, you know that. If you do, send me some cans. mead. Yeah, no, don't. Not the empty mead cans. Send, make sure they're full. Come you on, know the. Uh, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Poem is all about how like. Oh, look at that! That's really cool. Did you get those special made? Triple O design. Triple O. That's a triple production. Wow. Yeah. Triplo, where do you get those made? Like, what, what do you do? What's your secret? Wow. With, with 15 cans, you'd think you might want to put a couple in the mail and send it to me and out of order. We actually pulled some water from an earthen tank, and I swear it straight, it looked like Yoohoo. Yeah, the boys are putting Halloween candy in a heating vent to see which one melts the best. <laughs> Mateo, we need you to tell us some information. Okay, my favorite color is not blue, it is yellow. What's your favorite food? Pineapple. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Come on, candy pick corn. one. Candy corn. Candy corn. Oh, candy corn's the worst. <laughs> uh, do, do, I want to go to Hawaii. Is your dad a meanie? No. Is he a good man? Yes. What about your brother? Is he good? He's good. What, who's your best friend? Good question. Mm, very good. That's it. Do you have any more information to give us, Leo? Yes. I mean, My name Mateo. Is Mateo, not Leo. Sorry. Sorry, Mateo. Any more this information? Is important information. Okay. It's actually a question. Okay. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is not blue, it's yellow. Ah! That's crazy. What's your favorite um, uh, Halloween candy? It's not candy corn. What is it then? It's um, Reese cups. Yeah, that just blew my mind. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.